for me, it was the right fit you know, against the New York Giants. Like, this is this is the New York Giants. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. Man, I'm so blessed. It's crazy. I've been manifesting New York. I, I kind of had a feeling it was going to be New York, but now that we're here, man, God is good. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network. I'm your host, Art Stapleton, and the three-week-plus negotiations between the New York Giants and quarterback Daniel Jones have reached a final destination, at least final for now. Daniel Jones... Four years, $160 million. We will get into those details, but it is a done deal. What that means is that Saquon Barkley, star running back, former number two overall pick, is now on the franchise tag. That will pay him this year $10.1 million, all to the salary cap, all guaranteed. Now, whether Saquon plays on that salary cap remains to be seen, but the two biggest dominoes that needed to fall for the Giants are now on the table, done, and now Joe Shane and company can move on to the next order of business. I'm going to use this show as my reaction to what went down with Jones, what needs to go down with Saquon, Maybe a little bit of look ahead to free agency, what I expect, and maybe a little bit of look back at the combine to see things that I heard, and uh, that all kind of weaves itself into it. But without further ado, let's bang right in to how this thing went down. Now, if you listen to the shows from Indy last week that I did, when I talked about Daniel and the contract... What I was told going to the Combine on Monday was that this was going to go down to the wire. That it was going to happen exactly how it played out. Daniel's representatives from Athletes First came and met with the Giants in Indianapolis. There were in-person negotiations. They were in constant contact on the phone. That doesn't necessarily mean just Joe Shane and members of Athletes First. That was also Kevin Abrams and Ed Triggs who were involved in the contract portion, the salary cap implications, and whenever calls needed to be made, they were made. So when... The reports came out over the weekend that, oh, Athletes First was leaving the Combine without a deal in place for Daniel Jones and the Giants. That didn't come as a shock to me because that's what I was told from people I trust in the Giants organization, that they felt as though if a deal was going to get done, it was going to get done in the 11th hour. I don't think they anticipated it getting done in the 11th hour and 53 minutes, but that's exactly what transpired on Monday. Now, we heard Monday that Athletes First was coming to New Jersey. They were going to meet with Joe Shane and the Giants contingent yet again. And I just said Monday. It was Tuesday. They came in on, on Monday 
trying to hammer out a deal, trying to get it to work. And, you know, what I thought was interesting is that right around 2 o'clock yesterday, everybody went silent. You didn't see any reports from the national reporters. You didn't see any beat writers put in anything out there. Because, to be honest, from my perspective... It was always the same thing. And I think sometimes in our business, we get to a point where we feel like we have to say something. And I've learned in my lifetime, both in this business and in my personal life, that you don't always have to say something. Silence isn't that bad. And in reality, the reports of how it was going down to the wire and it was going, we knew that. I knew that. I reported that. We talked about it on our shows out in Indy. I talked about it with John Schmelk and Paul Dottino on their show, Big Blue Kickoff Live, that we did on Thursday. It was always coming down the stretch because the franchise tag deadline was going to move the needle. It had to. It had to move the needle for Daniel Jones and his representatives because he did not want to play this season on the franchise tag and take another gamble on injuries and production when now he's slated to get $94 million guaranteed, $82 million guaranteed over the first two years. He would have been costing himself $50 million if he had played on the franchise tag. And then the flip side is that it was the worst case scenario for Joe Shane. Joe Shane knew that he did not want Daniel Jones playing on the franchise tag. Number one, that would probably mean if he wanted to keep Saquon Barkley, he would have had to overpay for him. Or he would have had to let him walk. The best situation was to have Daniel Jones agree to a contract extension They could use the franchise on Saquon Barkley, and now they can use that franchise tag with Saquon Barkley to get him to agree to a longer-term extension before free agency next week. This idea that, oh, it's the non-exclusive tag, and maybe there are other things at play, and the Giants want to trade Barkley, and no team is giving the Giants two first-round picks, let alone the highly lucrative deal that it would take to get Saquon Barkley to leave. So we'll get to the Barkley stuff in a second. First with Daniel Jones. I can give you the things that I know. Daniel Jones' salary cap hit, because I know that's all everyone cares about. The reports yesterday are accurate. It is $19 million dollars. For 2023, that is a huge win for Joe Shane. It's about $13 million more in cap space that will be available to use. And I think they will use it. I think the debate will be over how they use it and where. Maybe a little bit of a surprise. Focusing in on defensive line and linebacker rather than wide receiver. But that remains to be seen. Why did it work for Jones? Well, first off, he's able to say he got $40 million a year. And 
the average annual value works out to be $40 million a year. But in reality, the nuances of this contract now put it at a two-year deal, more likely a three-year deal, with the guaranteed money in year three of another $12 million kicking in at some point in the life of the contract. I would imagine it will be on the league year, the fifth day of the league year of 2024. And that's the way the teams will do these deals. So it's most likely that Daniel Jones, barring something unforeseen, will make that extra $12 million guaranteed in year three. Right now, for cap purposes and the way things are set up, Daniel Jones will get $82 million guaranteed when he signs that contract. And he did sign that contract last night, Tuesday night. So that money now and the difference between tagging Daniel twice, which probably would have gotten him $32 million this year and then probably another... 34 or 35 next year if they double dipped and went franchise tag twice all that money would have been on the salary cap in that specific year now that guaranteed money of 82 million gets slotted out over the length of the contract It does not have to be evenly distributed. They can decide when they want that money to be on the salary cap. So what the Giants did is give him a low cap number this season. He has a nine and change base salary this year. If you listen to Joe Shane's press conference on Wednesday, it was the P5. That is the base salary for all NFL players. That's how it's referred to. And... The signing bonus, when you spread the guaranteed money over four years, well, you do the math. And that's the way it works out. So they're going to take about nine nine and change this year as far as the salary cap hit. So Daniel Jones will be responsible for $19 million of the salary cap in 2023. And then as it's planned out, the number will go up based on the Giants can look ahead and see they want to sign Dexter Lawrence to a longer term deal. They're eventually going to sign Xavier McKinney to a longer term deal. They're going to sign Andrew Thomas to a long term deal. When those things happen, they will manipulate the cap ideally the same way they did with Jones and what they would like to do with Barkley if they can get him to a longer-term extension, is that they will identify and plan out and say, we need this money in this year. Where are all our positions? What are our contracts? Who's under contract? Who's going to be coming up? Is this the year that we think we're going to need to splurge in free agency because we see a player out there that we know in a year's time we're going to want to go after? And it will be gradually plotted out that way. So, the pressure. Yes, there was pressure on Daniel Jones to get this contract decided. Because he would have been vilified by this fan base if he hasn't been already in some circles for allowing one of the most popular players in the league 
to leave in Saquon Barkley. <clears throat> now you do, <clears throat> excuse me, you do have, there are people who believe that letting Saquon go was the right move. I understand how big of a, a role Saquon Barkley has played on this team. Don't get me wrong. But I also see the benefits of looking at it and saying not locking in this money to a running back the way the Giants will do if they give Saquon a long-term deal. And that's okay. I mean, it's you try not to get the personal aspect of it. If this were a personal decision, Saquon Barkley should make the most money on the Giants. If it was just personal, if it had nothing to do with business, Saquon Barkley should make the most money. He's beloved by a lot of young fans. Ownership loves him. They love him being the face of the franchise. He's more outgoing than Daniel Jones. So they work off each other well. There was absolutely pressure on Daniel Jones to get this deal done, knowing that there were, were ramifications for Saquon Barkley. Now, do I think Daniel Jones or his representatives made any decisions based on that? No, I don't. And I don't think he should. I think he should make those decisions for Daniel Jones and the contract. Now, after the fact, you want to talk about how it mattered? It mattered. But I think what Daniel Jones said on his conference call was the idea that Saquon Barkley's business is his business. Same with Daniel Jones. Now, do they talk behind the scenes? Are they close enough to talk? I'm sure in some way, shape, or form they talk. But the reality is Daniel Jones is here now, and I think Joe Shane made a, a big point that I think is worth talking about. And he said, if this is his floor, with what we have around him as far as coaches and who we plan on putting around him as far as talent, we can't wait to see what his ceiling is. This contract was not about Daniel Jones, 19, 20, 21, Daniel Jones. This is about where they think he can get over the next three years. Can he be a top 10 quarterback? Can he be top eight? Everyone loves to slam players for what they did now. Because most, most of the time, players get paid for what they, get, what they did in the past and not what they're going to do. This is a situation where they're paying him based on what they think he will do. They don't think Daniel Jones is going to throw 15 touchdown passes next year. They expect that number to jump. Whenever people talk about that, they always conveniently leave out his seven rushing touchdowns and his over 700 yards rush, uh, rushing. But it's either here nor there. You're going to love Daniel Jones. You're going to hate Daniel Jones. You're going to be in the middle with Daniel Jones. You're not sure. Will he ever be Patrick Mahomes? No. There's a reason why Patrick Mahomes is the best player of this generation, of last generation. Patrick Mahomes is not just the bar. He's at the top. And if you spend your years trying to find the next Patrick Mahomes, you're more than likely going to be out of a job. So you need to find the guy that you believe you can win with. And with this contract, the Giants are telling you 
We believe we can win with Daniel Jones. Joe Shane was asked that point blank. Can you win a Super Bowl with Daniel Jones? The answer is he believes yes. Brian Dable believes that. So now all the Giants fans who love Brian Dable, now all of, uh, and I apologize because I'm not trying to disrespect Giants fans. You are entitled to your opinions. But the people around the league who claim they're experts and analysts and they're slamming Daniel Jones, and then in the same breath praising Brian Dable, Brian Dable is telling you, I believe I can win a Super Bowl with Daniel Jones. And now you're not going to trust in what you say that he has? He's the coach of the year. The coach of the year is now telling you, this is my guy. Will he be his guy in three years? Well, we've seen a lot happen in the NFL. But they're certainly not dragging their heels. They gave him the contract, and they want to see what he can do. And there will always be pressure on Daniel Jones being the quarterback of the New York Giants. Now, Daniel Jones is forever branded the $40 million a year quarterback of the New York Giants. And that's just something that he's got to deal with. And he's got to find a way to play through it and to live up to it. Because that's the reality now that he has signed that contract. So, um, I think the Giants did a good job. I think they took it down as far as they could take it down. I think Daniel Jones has a good opportunity to reach the potential that they see, but a lot of it is going to be the moves that are made around him. And we'll find out about that over the course of the next couple weeks and see how the draft develops and everything else from that perspective. Now, on to Saquon Barkley. I believe Saquon Barkley will end up signing a three-year extension, maybe, for let's say $13.5 million, maybe approaching $14 million. It'll come down to the guarantees, how where that money goes. But when I listened to Joe Shane, who planned on talking to Saquon Barkley again today, it sounds like they want to get it done. They also don't want that 10.1 to be what hurts them acquiring talent this offseason. And that begins... Next week with the quote-unquote legal tampering period, which is a joke anyway. But that starts on Monday. And then free agency in the new league year is on the 15th. And that's a week from today. So do I think Saquon Barkley will get a longer-term extension with the Giants? Uh, I do. I have that gut feeling that something's going to get done over the next five days. Do I think Saquon Barkley will be able to hit the market with that tag and try to go get a better offer at, from a team that's willing to pay the Giants two first-round picks? No, I don't. And sometimes it's not about Saquon the player. It's about the circumstances involved with the running backs in this league. Josh Jacobs has the franchise tag. Uh, Tony Pollard in Dallas has the franchise tag. Meanwhile, what are the Cowboys doing with Pollard and Elliott under contract for this year? It's kind of crazy, so you got to imagine a move gets made there, uh, but we'll see what happens. All right, so for for all of that contract stuff, that's where we're at. Hopefully I gave you information that you needed and you wanted. Uh, I know I can tell you this. 
came right down to 353, 354. The deadline was at four o'clock. I asked Joe Shane point blank, was there a drop dead time? Because they've got to, they had to get that information into the league as far as who was going to be franchise tagged. And, you know, I asked him point blank, do you worry about, you know, when you get that close to the deadline? Look what happened with the fa- fax machine, uh, Elvis Duberville, you know, years ago when that happened. And Shane said somebody did bring that up about the Wi Fi. What if the Wi Fi goes out? Um, so they were certainly thinking about when it got that close. Shane said he proposed a 12 o'clock drop dead time that they would get a deal done by 12 o'clock to give them the time to work in the afternoon. And obviously when that did not happen, they kept moving the goalposts as we speak, uh, you know, so to speak and get to that point where they made the deal. A very interesting Daniel Jones was in the facility the entire time. I guess not surprising knowing Daniel, but he was in the facility on Tuesday and you know that's that's what we got. Now I I exchanged text with shortly after the deal was was struck. I exchanged text with uh, with a giant source, and I asked you know as we watched it play out on social media and waiting for responses and texts and what have you, how close was it to running it up and having the franchise tag get placed on Daniel Jones. And that person texted me in all caps with an exclamation point close. It was legitimately up to three fifty PM three fifty one three fifty two that they actually made that deal. So pretty wild. As far as that negotiation goes, Joe Shane's first big negotiation, we shall see how he turns what he wanted, which was financial flexibility, into pieces that are going to help this team, not just in 2023, but moving forward. The bar has been set in the NFC East. The Philadelphia Eagles are the team that the Giants need to reach. They lost to them three times. The only time they were competitive was when they had the JV on the field. The Giants did not the Eagles. So pretty crazy stuff, but that's certainly the bar. The Giants need to try to get to as close as they can and close that talent gap. Free agency. I personally don't expect a big ticket wide receiver. I think Joe Shane has said it several times, not just wide receiver. You know, we have other holes. I think they will put an emphasis on a defensive line. I don't think they like the fact that they played Dexter Lawrence uh, 90% of the the snaps last year. I think they will try to restructure Leonard Williams to lower his cap number significantly if they can work that out. Uh, I think they'll add some pieces up front. I can tell you that I know Joe Shane was very aware that the lack of depth up front last year hurt this team, hurt them against the run, uh, and really hurt their effectiveness at times. I want to look at inside linebacker. There's been a lot of talk out at the Combine that the Giants are going to be in that market. Tremaine Edmonds is somebody who I've mentioned previously. He's the biggest ticket item on on the market. Buffalo Bills, obviously Joe Shane, and to an extent, Brian Dable are very familiar with him. He is a young player. He is only, believe, 24 years old, came into the league at 19. He's a guy that if you wanted to make that commitment, boy, he would help you 
immensely at that position. TJ Edwards of the Eagles, David Long of the Titans have been mentioned. Jermaine Pratt, who was with the Bengals, has also been mentioned. I got a name for you, and I think it's worth a two-year deal. I think the Giants would completely transform the middle of their defense. I'm looking at Bobby Wagner. And I think Bobby Wagner, what he did in in L.A. with the Rams last year is overlooked. He was good last year. I know he's 32 years old. But I think if you make a play for Bobby Wagner and put on, you know, get Wink in a room to talk to Bobby Wagner about how special this would be coming here. He's not alone. He has a lot of he has talent in front of him. If you're Bobby Wagner, who want who would not want to play behind Dexter Lawrence? He got cheated last year, played behind Aaron Donald to start the season. Then Aaron Donald obviously got hurt and was out for most of the season. I know Bobby Wagner's probably looking to a team to get a ring, and the Giants aren't necessarily stacked up that way for next year. But if I can get Bobby Wagner and I can draft an inside linebacker in the first three rounds, I'm looking at Bobby Wagner, a rookie. I've got Darian Beavers coming back from an injury. I don't have to put too much pressure on him early on. And that's what I would do at inside linebacker. I think you would you would help your defense tremendously and you wouldn't be worried about a leadership void in the middle. I know Jalen Smith and to an extent Landon Collins played in there last year, but the Giants are well aware that inside linebacker has to improve in this defense. And uh, I would I would seriously consider Wagner uh, on a good price. You know, he signed a $50 million deal with the Rams and only saw one year of it. I think it was about $6 million that was guaranteed. So if you're the Giants, I would look into that, but I think that's a spot that they will bring someone in as a veteran uh, to to see about that uh, in that, you know, in that position. So um, we'll see. We'll get more into free agency. We've got a couple guests hopefully lined up between now and next week, but um, it's a crazy week Giants fans so buckle up you're going to be involved in free agency and just as we learned more about Joe Shane in the negotiations with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley I think we're going to learn even more so about Joe Shane and what he wants to do in free agency next week he wants to build within he wants to sign his own but I don't think he's afraid to make a couple key acquisitions financially on the market to help this team. So let's see where he goes from there. And uh, that's it. So we appreciate you being all in. Please keep checking back at NorthJersey.com and all the print editions of the record and USA Today. Make sure you um, keep it right here because we'll have more shows as we progress and get towards the free agency in the start of the new league year keep it all in we'll talk to you next time